You're listening to Once, Once Upon a Time Podcast, Episode 40. Welcome back to another episode of Once Podcast, the podcast about ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Jenny. And we're missing our fourth person's night. Dan couldn't be with us tonight, but we're so happy that you could join us. And we've got a bunch of people in the chat room watching as well. And we are recording this live, which we normally do. We're looking at a bi-weekly schedule through the summer hiatus. But here's something to know. If you're wondering what time might we be recording, we will always, unless we announce otherwise, we will always be recording our live podcast on a Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time or GMT minus four. So you can rely on that schedule, but the week may change. We're going to try and stick to a bi-weekly schedule, but we might throw in some bonus content as well. So we've got a bunch of people in the chat room right now over with us. And you can watch us live when we do it live over at noodle.mx slash live. I want to throw out a huge, huge thank you to everyone who has given us some ratings and reviews in iTunes, especially the written reviews. We really appreciate those. And it's really encouraging to see the things that you have to say and reasons that you like our podcast and recommend us to others. If you'd like to leave a rating and review, we would love you for that. You can go to oncepodcast.com and click on the subscribe and iTunes button, or just click and enter the email or the web address oncepodcast.com slash iTunes and join us that way. So it's been a couple weeks since we've had the finale and a couple weeks since we've recorded this episode. We're going to go over some feedback that's come in recently, as well as some thoughts of since we've had more time to process thinking about the finale and where season two might be going, some possible theories, speculations, new revelations, and whatever. First of all, I, I want to share a nice voicemail that we got in from Obi's Girl. Hello, Daniel, Once Podcast crew. This is Obi's Girl. I just wanted to thank you guys for making an awesome podcast, Once Podcast, that I, in my opinion, nicely compliments the show. And I'm so happy that episodes are planned for the summer hiatus because it's going to be a long wait until October. So thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys rock. Thank you very much, Obi's oh, Girl, you. for Thank that. you. October, September, we don't really know. What I'm going on is I'm telling people late September. Probably. By the way, we think our listeners rock. Yes. We Just do. saying. Uh, the reason I think September for the return of Once Upon a Time is that's what Adam Horowitz had tweeted. He said, uh, thanks for watching. We'll be back in probably September. He said probably? Yes. Yes. So that's why I'm choosing to believe as probably the return date for once upon a time. And uh, we've got a lot of theories and a lot of speculation, but uh, have Jeremy, have you gotten a chance to rewatch any other episodes or uh, rewatch the finale again? Mm, no. In, in some ways, it's almost Wait, yes. depressing <laughs> to think about rewatching it because it's like, 
if I rewatch it, that's just going to remind me how awesome the finale was and <laughs> that it's not going to be back for several months. Well, I did a rewatch of some of the episodes in the mini hiatus before the last four episodes, and I didn't really want to rewatch again yet. But my brother and sister-in-law have started watching, and I tend to watch with them. They're only four episodes in. But, I mean, yeah, it was fun. Oh, okay. Nothing new to report. We've also got a lot of UK people and international people checking out our podcast now because they're several episodes behind. So I think it was someone in uh, in Australia, maybe, or maybe it was somewhere else, but they tweeted a question saying something like, does Regina know that she's the evil queen? And so it was just oh. kind of funny. It's like, well, just wait and see. Because I could tell with a question like that, they obviously weren't that far in. Right. So I asked them, what episode have you seen? And they told me. No later than six. <laughs> I'm hoping, right? Yeah, actually, they did. It was, yeah, somewhere around six or seven. I mean, if you've seen seven, you pretty much know. Yeah. Not just anyone walks down into their secret heart vault and <laughs> takes one out. I wonder where I got this and how I knew what it would do. Yeah. By the way, speaking of hearts... I want to extend a heartfelt thank you to some people who have donated to make this episode possible of One's Podcast. Sandra has continued donating to us, and we really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Sandra. As well as, this is extremely creative, Mary, Emma, Savannah, and Tom have all put together some money. They wanted to make a donation to the show, and... These are uh, some younger people, so they they didn't have much money, but they wanted to make a donation to the show. So what they did is they put together a really cute card that they sent to us. It says, best podcast ever, once upon an awesomeness, sweet, best, wow. And they hand-colored it, and a really, really cute little card. And on the back of the card as well, it's... It's just really special what they've done for us. And they sent in, actually in the mail, they mailed some uh, dollar bills to us. On the back, it has a picture of an apple and it says, do not eat death. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is really hilarious. And uh, thank you so much for that. Thank you. We'll post a picture of that in the show notes over at oncepodcast.com slash 40. We just have some awesome listeners. Thank you. That makes us feel very special. <laughs> and if you'd like to sponsor an episode of Once Podcast, we'd really appreciate it. You can go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. So let's get into some thoughts and feedback uh, about this episode. First, I want to raise something here. There's been a lot of debate about this, and I want to see what you guys think. At the end of the finale, we saw the clock. It stopped. Or, well, we don't necessarily know that it stopped, but we saw it tick. Or was it a talk? (laughs) It ticked or it talked. I don't know. That's what the real debate is about. What what did it tick or talk to? 8.15 or 8.16? Why do you say that, Jeremy? Because, number one, it pointed at the 15. I mean, you know what I mean, the three, whatever. And second... It would not be, it would feel a little off. It would not be a symmetrical season if it went to 16. I've heard some people debate passionately saying, oh, it's definitely 16. 
But the more I look at the screenshot, which we've posted before and I'll post again in this episode, the more I look at it, it's just conclusive that it's 15. Well, this is probably one of those moments where the writers are sitting back thinking, oh, wow, the stuff you don't think will be ambiguous in any way, shape, (laughs) or form, everybody has to tear apart. That happened with Lost all the time. Yeah. And people would write into their podcast. I hope Kitsis and Horowitz start a podcast where they sit around and answer fan mail. <laughs> that would be really cool. That well, would be cool. They do have the official video podcast. Yeah, but it's more like the DVD features or something. Yeah. Like behind the scenes stuff, which is cool, but it doesn't tell you a lot. Yeah. But yeah, on Lost, those guys would answer some questions, mostly by laughing and making fun. That that would be awesome if they do. It, or it'd be really awesome if they decide to come on our podcast. So, uh, Eddie, Adam, just let us know. Email feedback at oncepodcast.com. We will work with your schedule. Duh. <laughs> here's, here's something else. Looking at the finale, remember that Emma owes Mr. Gold a favor? Mm-hmm. Who could forget? Here's something I thought about. I wonder if Mr. Gold originally had in mind that the favor he would ask of Emma would be for her to slay the dragon and give him the egg that she found. He didn't say, this is the favor and I'm cashing it in. Right. He didn't have to. I'm wondering if that's what he planned to do. But because of this whole thing with Henry, he saw a situation he could manipulate to get her to do the same thing and not have to call in his favor. You know what I think? What? Oh, I think what you just said. (laughs) (laughs) I think he still has that favor up his sleeve that he he, can use on her. He definitely still has it. I think when he uses it, they're going to make a big deal about it. So it would not have escaped our notice that he pulled that favor for Emma. They made too big a deal out of it. But it does make me wonder if that's what he originally planned, because things like Henry's eating the apple turnover, he had no control over that. Yeah, but he knew. He's very good. He's, he's been around a long time. He seemed to, he's, it seems like he kind of knew, because there was kind of a look on his face that, that I think Dan pointed out, that he kind of looks concerned, instead of like, crafty and devilish and stuff yeah whenever whenever regina came and spoke to him and talked about the apple turnover and getting the savior to go to sleep forever Mm -hmm. so we we certainly don't know what that favor is what it's going to be i i would guess we're going to see it in in season two what do you guys think we're never going to see it (laughs) It'll be at the very end of the show. Just be, Emma, could you end this? Just when you think everything is happily ever after, suddenly he asks for a favor and everybody cringes. (laughs) And all he wants is a glass of water. (laughs) (laughs) Will you bring me my teacup? That'll be the favor. I've lost it. We got some email in, and this is from Alyssa. She says... Hi guys. First off, I wanted to say that I absolutely love your podcast. Great discussions and learning about things that I have missed when watching the episode. Keep up the great work. When Rumple was telling Belle he is bringing magic back, and when he said, magic is power, he looked and sounded scarier. 
Maybe it's just me, but in that moment, it seemed like another side to him. Love to hear your thoughts. You guys are the best. I wonder when the magic comes back to Storybrooke and he becomes magical um, Rumpelstiltskin again. I wonder <laughs> if his voice will return to, you yeah. know, Rumpelstiltskin's voice instead of Mrs. Mr. Gold's voice. <laughs> Mrs. Gold. I, didn't I, hope. To say Mrs. <laughs> I hope so. But uh, will he be scarier now? Because he said he's bringing magic back. Regina has some reason to think that this new smoke is something good for her because of her little smirk as she saw it coming. Her well, smoke smirk. She probably <laughs> figured it was magic because it looked like magic. So Oh, oh it's magic. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he's going to be even scarier than before because now he will be out for battle, for this final battle. Maybe he'll be taller, too. <laughs> yeah. No. He said in his original prophecy in episode one of season one, he said the final battle would begin. So maybe the final battle he had in mind never actually involved Emma, but it was between himself and, and the Regina. evil queen. Gina. Yeah. Nope. No? What do you think, Jeremy? The I think, final battle. I think it's... What we've said before. I think it's the final battle for... I don't know. It just is. (laughs) They're all fighting all the time. They all want to live happily ever after and somebody doesn't want them to and who knows. But Emma doesn't know she has magic yet. We don't know she has magic yet. She's probably... Well, she always had it. Jefferson said she she has magic. magic. Yeah. That, yeah, Why so. would she be magical though? She's the she's the daughter of two unmagical people. They weren't entirely unmagical. Well, Snow White could attract lots of animals, and and Prince James could slay dragons. There, she came from a Do magical world, to? uncursed. Oh, mm-hmm. but they didn't have magic. But we don't know how Jefferson got his magic either. Their hairs became love potion. <laughs> Magical hairs. <laughs> they had some sort of magic. <laughs> it was called love. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Well, speaking of speaking of the love potion, we got an email in from Rose, or a voicemail actually. Yes, this is Rose from Jamestown, New York. I'm watching the podcast, and I know how they're going to take back the castle. Pirates. Jack Sparrow. <laughs> and another thing is, when Rumpel first got the love potion, it wasn't all purple, pink, glowy, until Snow stopped on her, or remembered who James was, and... Now that we've seen it again, it's all purplish, pink, and glowy because their love is in full effect. Just mm. something I noticed. Wanted to point out. Love the podcast and keep up the good work. Thanks. Bye. I was right. I was right. I was right. <laughs> what indication did we have that the potion didn't work until Snow remembered James? Remember in the episode The Heart of Darkness, 
I remember the whole or, thing. Or I just don't remember um, those two events seeming the, to coincide. Well, when Rumpelstiltskin put the two hairs together, they formed that like DNA swirl, and then he bottled it. They danced. That's my they, dancing hairs. Yeah, they still look like a little <laughs> DNA strand or little separate hairs glowing. Yes, but then when Rumpelstiltskin, are you Rumpel, hairs right now? When Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> gives the love potion to James for him to put inside of Maleficent, then. It's a liquid, a purple glowing liquid. So it's always been a liquid. Mm-mm. Oh wait, that's what I'm saying. In, in Heart of Darkness, hairs. it wasn't. Yeah, this was the first time that we saw in a liquid form. So either he did something to it, or the special effects people realized, hey, that was implied that there was potion in that bottle, but it didn't <laughs> look like potion. Can't drink hairs. <laughs> or it could be, like Rose pointed out, maybe it didn't go into full effect until. Uh, James and Snow were back together again, or they realized who they were. I did have a thought about that way back, and I don't know if we ever talked about it. We had seen him make a potion before by putting water in the bottle, and Snow was like, that'll make me forget, and goes, not yet, and then he did something to it. So I think there was supposed to be liquid in the bottle, and then he put the hairs in, and they started doing their thing, and it was actually in water. And maybe it just took a while to turn purple. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he just... There it is. But it could be. I mean, it could be activated by the love actually being in full effect, but I don't... Love action. I don't know. <laughs> well, then again, when he pulled the hair, or got the hair from... Yeah, pulled it. From Snow. Yeah. It was when she was still madly in love with James, but she just Angrily couldn't be even. with him. <laughs> yeah. But uh, then when he got it from James, he was after Snow, but Snow didn't love him then because she had drunk the potion. Right drink <laughs> we've got a live call in from narnia hey narnia thanks for calling one's podcast hello thank you um i have this bellfire theory as to where he could be and and i need somebody to correct me if i'm wrong on this at all but i believe that he could be um in neverland and the reason i think that is because neverland um is a land without magic theoretically um because the fairies, I believe, are what make the land magic, and it's in the form of fairy dust. Now, if Bellfire were to reach Neverland through that vortex that he went through before any fairies were to happen to even get there, there would be no magic. So my theory is that what if, because magic always comes with a price, what if Bellfire had to pay that price directly? And... He is, is a crazy theory, but what if he somehow, what if the vortex warped him into two separate identities? One being Peter Pan, the younger version of himself, and then one being an older version of himself, Captain Hook. Hmm. And he's bitter. The older version of him is actually bitter because of the predicament that his father put him in, letting him go into the vortex like he did. And the other version of him, Peter Pan, um, would actually be the part of him that forgets what his father did to him. Because I believe the blue fairy was telling the truth when she told um, Rumpelstiltskin there was no way that um, he could get to that land because he had that way and he didn't take it. And I believe that there is a way that she can get there using a very rare form of fairy dust and um, like a, a fairy magic, but only fa- fairies can actually use it. So knowing what land 
Bellfire falls into. I think in order to protect him, after she finds out that Rumpelstiltskin did not go with him, she would send fairies. And because magic always comes with a price, I think that the fairies that she sends to Neverland cannot come back. The price of the, using that fairy magic is that they have to stay there. And so they live there, and eventually Tinkerbell is born. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's interesting and great theory. I want to see what you think about this, though. Um, you said that, uh, well, first, great observation on realizing that perhaps where fairies do not exist, neither does magic exist, because they had said that in the episode Dreamy, that their fairy dust brings magic to the world. But what about Wonderland? Because Wonderland had magic, or we think it did. But the, the amount of magic that we saw in Wonderland is, well, the mirror, the, the giant things, the shrinking mushroom and growing mushroom and all of that. The, um, the magic that Regina was able to use inside of Wonderland. Jefferson getting his head cut off and not dying. Hmm. And uh, something else, I believe, magic-like. Uh, in Wonderland. Giant caterpillar. Yeah. So <laughs> so do you think Wonderland has fairies too? Um I personally don't think that I don't think so. Um I th- I mean it's always a possibility, but I've never um a- anytime I've watched any kind of um adaptation of um Alice in Wonderland, I've never ever um even seen anything that would allude to fairies, but I could be wrong. Um I do think it's easier to believe that Neverland would be that land without magic versus um, Wonderland. I think Wonderland is full of so much magic. It's got so many different um, uh, avenues of magic, if that makes sense. Um, I think it's easier to believe and uh, keep things more simple if the writers were to go in a direction to say there was no magic in Neverland, but the fairies who are actually involved in Bellfire's disappearance um, for them to come there and bring magic in order to protect him. Um, if he were to be Peter Pan, the younger version, if he were to have two different identities, being um, Captain Hook and Peter Pan at the same time, two very different people, um, it would make sense to me that the fairies would actually go there to try to protect him from those painful memories of his father uh, letting him go into the vortex, giving him the pixie dust, uh, or the fairy dust, sorry, and, um, and that would actually allow him to forget and that, that's where Peter Pan, in my uh, theory, would become the charismatic boy that we know in the Disney version. <laughs> and so my theory also is, in season two, if, they were to, if the writers were to go in this direction, um, I, would, I would think that Rumpelstiltskin would find out from one of the fairies, under duress, of course. <laughs> and <laughs> ideally, I hope it would be the blue fairy. But... Um, I just think that in order for his, I, I really hope that this would serve as a redemption uh, arc for Rumpelstiltskin as well, because my theory is if he were to go to Neverland, he cannot take his dark magic with him. Hmm. Only fairy dust uh, that in that form of magic to me would be allowed in Neverland, because we've never seen any other kind of magic in Neverland. And somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but um, that's the only magic I've ever seen in that land before, because you see the Lost Boys, you see Captain Hook, none of them can fly. Uh, I've never seen any other power used, but fairy dust. Well, I guess I would wonder what is keeping the kids from aging in that case. 
maybe it's well well then you have to ask yourself uh if what's keeping the kids aging but what's keeping captain hook um continuing to grow older <laughs> why is he old versus all the mm-hmm. other kids mm-hmm. you well, know is it is it the fairy dust perpetuating is it like that uh something that has to do with that hmm. huh. it's a great theory to um mull over um the the one other problem I, I kind of see is that there's still this whole copyright issue with Peter Pan that we don't know yet uh, how they're going to resolve it. But it's something that, uh, like, the fact that you're able to theorize this shows that they still have a door open that they could do this if they figure out and work out the copyright situation with the Peter Pan story, uh, that they could mm-hmm. certainly implement something like this. So it's a great theory. Uh, thank you very much for sharing it, Narnia. Of course. Thank you for allowing me to share it. Thanks, Darnia. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Bye. And the thing about the time in Neverland, time, the flow of time, I would say, doesn't necessarily require magic for it to stop. The first thought that came to my mind was maybe it was cursed like Storybrooke. Yeah. Or it could be like, it's a, well, Neverland is a land, I would say Neverland is a land without time. Our world Mm -hmm. is a land without magic. And I would think that the whole reason that Rumpelstiltskin created the curse was so that he could end up in the same world where Balefire was. Yeah. I mean, that's, right. that, that's what he said, basically. But he could have done something wrong. But he was seeing so much of the future that it seems... He doesn't seem as certain, perhaps, about how to get back to his son, but maybe... He seemed fairly certain about certain events, and you would think that he was... Coming here with a purpose. Yeah. Hmm. It's a great theory, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also got uh, an email in from Jess, and this is great. It's, uh says, hey, Daniel and all you once podcast guys, and he must be from California, so when he says, hey, guys, he means mm-hmm. everybody. Me too. Yeah, you too. <laughs> just want to thank you for your awesome podcasts and just to say thanks for all the hard work you do i drew you guys a picture of what i first pictured when the looming <laughs> cloud of purple smoke engulfed some of the our storybrook residents hope you enjoy and he drew a picture <laughs> of, <laughs> i love this of ruby red or ruby red's outfit wow i love that on top of a wolf (laughs) and the wolf has all piercings and she's holding coffee does that wolf have a belly button (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious that's amazing who brought magic back we (laughs) we will have this really hilarious picture in the show notes over at onespodcast.com slash I love that. (laughs) (laughs) It it does bring up a great point, though. What's going to happen when there's a full moon and Ruby isn't wearing her red cloak? Oh, no, because she doesn't have it anymore because it's not a magical cloak. Yeah, because it's a magical cloak. I don't know. Maybe there's just going to be. Sure, it's lurking in Mr. Gold's shop somewhere. Mm, Yeah, true. I love that. I love it. 
I wonder if we're going to see some kind of war of the characters trying to get back these magical items from Mr. Gold. I want to make that my wallpaper. Can you send me that? I would love to make it my wallpaper. Oh my, we'll have it for everybody and you can download the whole big image over at oncepodcast.com slash 40 and we'll have a link to his Tumblr account too since he was kind enough to send this in and draw it for us. Who was it again that sent it? Jess. Thank you, Jess. I love it. And... I don't know if Jess is a guy or a girl. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to get Jess. I'm going to guess that's a girl. I don't know. Yeah, probably girl. <laughs> so thank you very much, Jess, for drawing that. We also got in an email from Dream Drop Distance saying, this might be late as I didn't know the schedule for the second part of the discussion for the finale, but I have... I have this completely heartbreaking theory about Rumple slash Bell. I'm a strong believer in Rum Bell, as you can see below in my signature, and Dream Drop Distance's signature says, Rumple, no one can ever, ever love me. Bell, challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah, that indicates challenge definitely a, a strong believer. Uh, she continues, but I was, I was listening to the first part of this discussion, uh, our original discussion about the finale. A thought occurred. If Rumpel becomes the most powerful man on earth, wouldn't Belle be unhappy? It was clear in Skin Deep that she was scared by his power, and then she didn't even know the full extent of what he could do. I expect that Rumpel will want to make Belle his queen, but she will reject him out of fear, disgust, and confusion, making Rumpel go half crazy yet again. This is just a theory based off of what I know about Belle's personality. It breaks my heart, too, but the more I think about it, the more I think it's possible. The finale was awesome, and I had dreams about it for days. I'm going to die without a summer of Once Upon a Time. I woof you guys and the podcast. <laughs> that makes me think of Dream Drop Distance. <laughs> that card. Yeah. <laughs> I woof you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Catherine, I woof you. <laughs> Thanks, Dream Drop Distance. That that's a good point because remember Rumpelstiltskin's wife left him for we don't really know the full story there. Right, because she wanted to achieve something better in life and get her daughter to be queen one day. And, <laughs> oh, I mean, what? You still think that Rumpelstiltskin's wife's daughter is Cora? Or are you think, I'm sorry, you think Rumpelstiltskin's wife was Cora? I think it's possible. Mm-hmm. We know they must have a connection mm-hmm. since they alluded to her being a Miller's daughter. And that is the basic Rumpelstiltskin story. So they knew each other at some point. Yes. Why not make a deal and get married? And anytime... Wait a second. I just totally <laughs> blew a hole in my whole own theory well, because he wasn't anything magical... Back then. ...when he was married. Right. It would have been after. So That's I'm going to cancel my own theory. But then again, maybe Cora wasn't magical either. Or maybe they were married and then he became the dark one and then he went back. Except... <laughs> never mind. I don't think... I'm going to totally take it back. We know they knew each other, but after he was the dark one. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. So who knows about his wife? 
She was probably somebody else who will become significant. I, I think there is a story there to explore. We have Reva on the line, who, I must admit, I'm going to stand corrected here, Reva is a lady. So, <laughs> Hello, lady. <laughs> it's nice to know that for sure. But thank you, Reva, very much for calling in. Hi. Um, I actually have two things to mention. One's a theory and one's just a question for you guys in general. Um, the theory is about Jefferson and Bay. And I was thinking about it earlier today um, when I was listening to one of your podcasts. And I theorized that possibly Jefferson was Bay because maybe that's where he got his power to travel through portals was the first time he went through. But I think that might be kind of far-fetched. But I do think that at some point Jefferson might play, like might have known Bay or have some role to play in finding Bay later on. Um, that could be important. Hmm. I could see him being... Bay. Yeah, they look alike, kind of. Just turns out, I guess, he would have had to have found a way back to fairy tale land, but decided to live as somebody else. Maybe? We'll have to look at their eyes. <laughs> huh. hmm. Yeah, that, that's interesting. We're, we'll oh, mull my, over that for a little while. My mind is spinning like a top hat with a portal in it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, what was your question? Um, I wanted to know if you guys had any intentions of ever uh, having a convention presence for your podcast. At any, um, you know, like sci-fi fantasy conventions? That is a great suggestion. Are you willing to sponsor us? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I would if I could. I really would. I know, uh, well... This actually next uh, week is Blog World in New York City, and that is a bloggers and podcasters conference. And I will be there with um, with about two thousand five hundred podcast cards about Once Upon a Time podcast. <laughs> but uh, beyond that, for the actual things that you're talking about, like Dragon Con and Comic Con and some of these other cons like that, uh, that is a great suggestion. It would be expensive for us to do it, but. Hey, I'll put it out there. If any company or anyone wants to sponsor this, and I'm talking Mm -hmm. like entire sponsorship, where our presence at the convention would be saying, this is sponsored by company name and appeal to an audience of thousands, then we would love for that to happen. That's a great suggestion. Yeah, now that Once Upon a Time has established itself, I think they're going to have a big presence at Comic-Con, as Lost did every year. I'm uh, I'm kind of hoping that you guys would choose Dragon Con because that's where I'll be. But uh, any <laughs> uh, exposure that you uh, you guys would get would be awesome. Awesome. We we will definitely look into that. Thanks for that great suggestion. Hi. Thank you. Thank you for uh, letting me call in. Yeah. Thanks, Reva. Thanks, Reva. Thanks. Bye. That would be cool to attend some conferences. And seriously, anyone out there who's listening. If you are interested in this, and it would be a great promotional opportunity for you, please email us, feedback at oncepodcast.com, and I can share with you some details and like what I think it might cost and uh, what benefit you would get from it. It would be, I think, totally mutually beneficial to someone, a company, or a brand, or somebody out there. That would be cool to be at Comic-Con. Maybe even have a panel, mm-hmm. get like people... 
get an audience together and say, "This is we're going to have a panel discussion." <laughs> I don't know if that's how it works. <laughs> people have I done think that it's before. More like we I think attend that, panels, right? Yeah, because we're not famous people. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> well, other uh, podcasters about TV shows have done it before. I know, oh. like Heroes podcasters have done it, and uh, mm. other podcasters have hosted their own panels about the TV show and. Mm people have attended that would be cool to do we gotta look into that Mm -hmm. great suggestion reva thanks jeremy can you read the next email that we've got from uh aslan for keen there's a possibility that with gold throwing the potion into the water he is bringing things back that have been lost depending on if he is a baddie or not (laughs) he could consider the curse being broken as something lost the clock was 8 15 is this a mass reset to the curse to the beginning Another theory is that he is that the world now has magic, but they did clearly state that magic works differently here in this world. I hope the purple cloud of doom and or love brings <laughs> brings magic with new rules so everyone would be on the same level. Love the show and you guys are amazing. Keep up the awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. We will keep up the awesome. Well, thank you. <laughs> That's uh, a yeah, that's a big question we're all asking is, is this a reset or is this a new curse? Yeah, like I said, I think that it's, well, I mean, it's a rewrite, rewritten reset curse potentially. Depends on how it interacts with Regina and with Rumple. You know, it could be... They could all remember, they could all forget, but have sort of a new story that is just like, yeah, we live in this world and everything's normal, including the magic. That's normal. I really hope they don't forget everything. That would kind of stink. Stop for our morning coffee, but yeah, there's magic, too. Who cares? Nobody, Everybody knows there's always been magic in and this world. a werewolf serves us our coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, like Aslan for Kane mentioned, magic in our world is unpredictable. Uh, and that's what uh, Regina had said to Emma. So was that just because there was so little magic or is that because it's trying to use magic in a land without magic? So maybe this whole bringing magic is going to backfire against Rumpelstiltskin. It may. He's probably got it planned out really well, but well, it could lived- backfire. He's lived for a really long time, and he's worked towards this for a really long time. And you know what? Now that I think about it, his sort of um, calloused behavior, or or what's the word I'm searching for that's kind of like calloused, like his kind of nonchalant or <laughs> passive behavior towards Belle could be because what he said, he would love nothing, he would do nothing else. So maybe he's just, you know, got his mindset. Yeah, very possible. Uh, maybe. I was... But he did say he loved her, so we'll see. Sort of. Sort of he said it. He was kind of like, yeah, yeah, I love you too. Um, <laughs> There's much time busy. for that later. Busy. Wow, never <laughs> expected to see you again. Uh, let's go do that thing I was going to do. Well, he looked, you know, really touched. He hugged her. I guess he... I guess for a moment, true. he gave in to those feelings. And then he was walking about 10 paces ahead of her. Yeah. Not even holding her hand or kissing her or anything. <laughs> Creeper. Well, we even got a voicemail in from Jenny, basically bringing up that same thing of... From ask- me? Yeah, a different Jenny. <laughs> yeah. But basically asking the same thing of, is the curse really broken? Uh, or is this now replacing the curse? Because there's this whole thing about the clock going back to 815. 
does, maybe that was just a random nod to lost or or yeah that or that they are back where they started and I being bound not. by something or that it's some kind of reset i i don't think they're going to be a reset it could also just have been a little thing a closing of the chapter maybe right yeah kind that of, would make sense kind of like we we ended where we started lost yeah. did that in in a very vague way i'm saying uh, it doesn't i mean there's been enough time but lost had an ending that was very similar to the beginning mm-hmm. so they could have been employing that same technique here which is an awesome technique just forgetting lost altogether it's just an awesome technique to end something kind of in a way the same way it started right harry potter even did that to an extent um okay I, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, Harry Potter, one of the things he said is, let's end this like we started it together. And then they jump off the tower. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Let's and take back our, the kingdom. I mean, what? Our Harry Potter fans are probably going nuts with um, trying to correct me on that. And I could be wrong. So go ahead and correct me in the comments over at oncepodcast.com slash 40. We also got an email in from Clockwatcher and with several theories to share with us. Clockwatcher says, Hi guys, I'm so excited for the podcast tonight. Not only have I gone through two weeks without <laughs> Once Upon a Time, but now I've had to wait two weeks for the podcast. i sorry. Luckily, I've survived and I have a couple of theories with me. The first one is for all of the Rumpel slash Bell fans. I hate to crush everyone's dreams. Watch out, everybody. <laughs> but Rumple and Belle may not be each other's true love. Yes, Belle loves Rumple, most likely. But Rumple may not be in love with her. Yes, he has feelings for her, but that was hundreds of years ago. Even then, he chose magic, or bay, whichever you prefer, over her, just as he did in the finale. Remember, true love has to go both ways. I think I might contradict that a little bit. Oh. At least at, at least in the past, it was true love or it wouldn't have been breaking his curse mm-hmm. when she kissed him. He kind of shook it off, but yeah. it was working. So it must have been true love's kiss. But he did choose magic over true love. It was still true love. <laughs> and and actually remember in the finale he did say to james in the forest he said um something about i i do know something about love maybe not as you but not as little as you think right so it was true love but at this point he really probably just needs to be pushed down a well and then we'll see what that brings back <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm kind of ticked at him at this point what will happen that's uh, with between. I'm not saying with the well, <laughs> but, down a well. <laughs> but with uh, Rumple and Belt because he he was so shocked when he saw her, but then he was also like, yes, yes, there will be time for that. There will be time for everything. Keep telling yourself that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And this probably has a lot of Rumble fans <laughs> really upset. At some point, he's going to have to choose <laughs> Clockwatcher among three things. Magic, I mean power, his son, and Belle. Yes, exactly. I think 
I I think it's actually just one. I think it's actually just a choice between two things. Maybe. I think it's actually a choice between magic or those he loves. That could be. I mm. think that. I think that. In our chat room, Midnight Jury is reminding us of the episode Heart of Darkness when James and Snow kissed the first time in that episode, the spell that Snow had put herself under wasn't broken yet because it wasn't true love both ways. Mm -hmm. But then when she kissed him, it was very rapidly true love both ways. And that's what broke the spell. True. So that I think again implies that yes, Rumple did have true love for Belle at one point. Right. But he keeps choosing magic over other people. Like that's why he let go of Bay and let him fall into the bean hole and didn't go in with him is because he didn't want to lose his magic. Yep. Brady cat. Yeah. And even now he's got his magic back because magic is power. He is addicted to power. Clock watchers email continues. My other theory is about Rumpel's want of power and something I heard on the last podcast, the theory of Rumpel essentially taking over the world. But when you think about it, why would he even want to do that? Or why would he stop there? Just by counting the doors in Jefferson's hat, we know there are at least 19 other dimensions besides this world. Why would he just want to rule us mere mortals? If power is his intent, could we be looking at season two or any of the following seasons watching Rumpel and or other characters travel through dimensions to conquer everything? What do you think, guys? I I think we're going to see those doors again. We'll see the doors, but I don't think there's a door to our world. Wait, maybe. Yeah, but if there's a door to a non-magical land, how would you get back? In a hat made good. by Emma. <laughs> good question. But the thing is, he went into the hat and he came back. So maybe he didn't go through a door maybe he when knows, he went in the hat. Maybe he knows the rules of the doors. Maybe. Like, this door, if you go in, you can't come back out. Well, here's why this I say... This door, if you go in, you come back out through a mirror. <laughs> here's why I say that there's no door to our world. Because that would make what the Blue Fairy said not true. Right. And I think she at least believed herself <laughs> and she's supposedly like the superpower so i would think if anyone would know she would and i i imagine like when she said portal or like uh what did she say realm jumper dimension realm jumper yeah i i imagined the hat that's what rumpelstiltskin said right right yeah. right he said that so i just imagine that there isn't a door to our world in the hat and why would any of them ever want to come here so. <laughs> I think there would be. I think there would be a door in his hat. Although the hat, chronologically, the hat, we don't see until much, much later, probably hundreds of years later because of uh, the whole incident between Re- Regina and Jefferson. But he had the hat before that. Where did he get the hat? Did he originally make it and put power in it? And yeah, a lot of questions there that haven't been answered and may not be answered on the origin of the hat. But maybe just a realm jumper didn't exist back then that could come to our world, or maybe one did. Well, if he used the hat to get here, remember the hat stays where it was until you get back to it. Yeah, that's true. Here's a thought. Remember when Regina said that she 
brought Jefferson to our world. Mm. It was in the second to last episode. She said something about, if you wanted to kill me, you would have done it back when I brought you here 28 years ago. He was surprised-ish to see his hat. Yeah. I still think well, she just meant the curse. Here's my theory. What if, if Jefferson is stuck in Wonderland, Regina goes and gets him. When she's putting in place the whole curse, she goes and gets him through his hat, brings him back. She can't. She brings someone along to sacrifice. <laughs> brings <laughs> brings so him Regina. back <laughs> through the hat into our world. That's why he's been unaffected by the curse, is he came to our world through a different means. But how did she make the hat work? There's no magic here. No, I'm saying before she came to our world. It's it's a crazy theory, and I'm not going to necessarily stick to it. It would make sense it. for him for for her to bring him like that because she came into this world pretty much knowing who she was, you know, evidenced by her little her little crypt or whatever mm-hmm. man, man, mausoleum yeah. thing. And um, if she'd brought him here through her way of getting here, then he would have known everything too. He, well, he was completely knowledgeable of yeah. both worlds. Yeah. yeah, he knew who he was, and he knew his past and stuff. It seems yeah. like she could control... I mean, she built their stories in their heads. Right. I assume she can control whether they knew or not, though. And, you know, adding to that, she controlled how Maleficent came through. Maleficent. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember which one was the problem. Yeah, she did control that. Clockwatcher continues in the email saying, okay, I have one more question and then I promise I'll stop. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Rumpel told Emma in the finale that he put just a drop of the true love potion in the curse, which made it immensely more powerful. And love is the most powerful magic. So why did he drop the entire bottle of the love potion into the well? He didn't think a few drops would do the trick. He didn't even stop to consider that maybe he would need the universe's most powerful magic when all heck breaks loose. These are just a few thoughts I have. Thanks so much for your podcast and keep being totally awesome from Mm -hmm. Clockwatcher. Yeah, that's true. Why the entire bottle? If it's the most powerful potion, wouldn't he want to save it? Well, I don't know. Or maybe it took the most powerful potion to bring back the magic to the most powerful person. Because remember in, in Skin Deep, he said to Evil Queen... At the end of the episode, he said, you'll never be as powerful as me, dearie. So he, and also uh, they, in the pilot episode, they or it was either the pilot or the episode, the price of gold. They said that Rumpelstiltskin was the most powerful man in all the land. Alias Gabe mm-hmm. in the chat room is saying, I think bringing magic to a magicless world takes a lot of potion. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really what, ultimately comes down to so then why why does he want to bring magic to the entire land instead of just himself maybe that's the only way he can do it yeah so thank you everyone for your great voicemails and emails and you're welcome to continue the conversation and share lots of theories and discuss other people's theories over at oncepodcast.com slash forums we have an extremely active forums over there And really appreciate all of the people discussing 
theories and ideas, and it's an incredible place, incredible community. So go check it out, and also check out all of the other links over at oncepodcast.com. You can follow our Twitter account, check out our Tumblr feed, and subscribe to us in iTunes if you're not already subscribed. Please send us your feedback on future for future episodes of One's Podcast. We'll be doing this about every other week. You can send that feedback to feedback at onespodcast.com or call 903-231-2221. You can also go to onespodcast.com and click on the send a voice message tab and record a message right from your computer. Just please make sure that you're not too close to your mic and that you're not shouting into your mic too. So uh, that way it doesn't startle us. (laughs) And also... Go over to oncepodcast.com and you'll notice on the right side, we've got some links that you can pre-order the season one DVD or Blu-ray. We've got it pre-ordered. We can't wait until it comes. We're actually going to have to buy a Blu-ray player in order to get it because we want to get the Blu-rays. <laughs> so uh, you can order that. The coupon I've mentioned previously is now gone, but still it's a great price. And if you pre-order it from Amazon, they promise that if the price drops any any time between when you order and when it ships, that they'll give you the lower price. So you can get that right now, pre-order it right now, by going to oncepodcast.com slash season one. And also check out the soundtrack, which will be at oncepodcast.com slash soundtrack. And our next episode is I'm going to review the soundtrack, give you a little taste of what some of the tracks are and how incredible of a job that Mark Isham did on recording the soundtrack. So make sure that you check that out all over at oncepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter, where twitter.com slash oncepodcast. And you can follow each of us on Twitter as well. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and you can follow me on Twitter at the ramen noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me at twitter.com slash fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And I'm Jenny, and you can follow me at twitter.com slash jennysnook. And for Dan Flynn, you can follow him on twitter.com slash Design. So be sure you check out everything over in the show notes for this episode, oncepodcast.com slash 40. Even though it's the summer hiatus, we really, really hope that you don't jump into a well but (laughs) thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts over at noodle.mx. Huge thanks for our sponsors for this episode of Once Podcast. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor.